You know, I actually forgot there was a game tonight and played D&D after work. I made the better decision. Let's discuss this game. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Locked On Coyotes, your number one daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. I'm your host, Robin Leonio, alongside Matthew Jacobson. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app, use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL, and get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper terms are used for details. We also want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. Matthew, the Arizona Coyotes lost once again their uh, their third game in a row. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'll get to the score in a little bit. But it's interesting that uh, you have a, an insanely awesome five game winning streak sandwiched in between two really crappy three game losing streaks. Uh, mm-hmm. This one was, and this most recent loss was a uh, five to two loss to the Buffalo Sabers. Yeah, I, I walk in. Third period's about to start, uh, so I hop in the shower real quick so I can watch it. Four to one, heading into the third period. Um, the 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 Sabers have been struggling. Now I know Tage Thompson's back; they're getting a little healthier. They did beat Boston, I think, last week, so, but they, they've been struggling throughout the season. And the Coyotes, again, not a playoff team, but they're staying in the wild card race if they want to keep taking steps forward. Once again, this is a team that. They, they should be better than, and they should beat. And we're right back here talking about uh, a pretty sizable loss. And now it's three in a row. So they have their first three game losing streak of the season, rip off five in a row, and then drop three consecutive again. And I, I'm not mad about the Boston one. We didn't get to talk about the last couple of games. The Boston game was a competitive game. Can't be mad at that. That's oh, exactly yeah, they the looked, way I want them to They play. looked great in that yep. game. As good mm-hmm. as you can against a Boston team that's one of the best in the league. Yep, a hundred percent. I'm not mad about the Boston game. A little upsetty spaghetti about the 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 flatness against Philly, but they really needed to bounce back in this one, and they just didn't. Now they fought towards the end. They 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 took them too long to score a goal in the third period, though. Yeah, no, it absolutely one of the things that that really, I mean, like. I knew we needed to get to this point, but also I kind of had to think about it too. Is the decision to start Karelbe Melka? Ingram needed the break. Let's get real. Ingram did mm-hmm. need a break. However, when was the last time Veggie even got enough practice? Like, it's actually something I did want to bring up. Uh, so since you set me up, I, I I want you to let me loose for a couple of minutes. I am questioning just a couple of things, which with Turnier, the last hurdle. I think there was a good response and the team started playing better after the, the sluggish, you know, three or four games. So, so far when challenges come up, they seem to overcome. However, I'm still questioning the decision. Uh, once, you know, that, that winning streak was over and, and Ingram lost the, the Coyotes lost the game against Philly. It's not all Ingram's fault or anything. Uh, that should have been when, okay, you know, the next game veggie starts. And then you, ha- you get that statement 
Uh, I think Craig Morgan reported it where, oh, he hasn't got enough practice. And the only thing I could say to that, again, I like the coach. That is on you. That is a stupid mm-hmm. series of decisions by you not keeping him in game shape, forcing Ingram to go out there one more game. And then now obviously they're doing the, the back-to-back, so they're probably going to split, do the 1A, 1B for the next four games, which is fine. I don't want them to go back to the 1A, 1B, one-on, one-off moving forward. But since Ingram won the start, you know, 3-1, 4-1, whatever, it's just they did not do a good enough job keeping Veggie good to go. Veggie's already had some struggles. And while obviously he does need to play better, I want to acknowledge the difficulty in keeping yourself in game shape when all you're doing is practicing, especially when you guys are getting some days off because you're on a hot five game winning streak. Like to me, that's like a, Hey, if the guy's got X day off, maybe veggie should still come in and get some reps because he wasn't playing. It would have benefited him. So that is one thing that I am going to criticize. I don't want to see any more of that. You got to keep your goalies in game shape. 100%. Hundred percent. Although, and I and I will say this: I feel like we're not surprised, though, by um, you know, by the point in which they decided to give it to Veggie. Like, if we looked at if you, if you, if you, if you guys take a look back to our discussion we had last week after they after they beat the Capitals, after they rounded out that five game winning streak, I asked you the question: How long do they keep Ingram in net at the, as uh, until they finally give him a break? And I think even you said, like, when that back-to-back hits against the Sabres and the Penguins, probably going to give um, Veggie the first game because it's the Sabres. It's mm-hmm. a game that's – and you mentioned because it's the Sabres have been a struggling team. So at least, you know, give it an, e- an a way to ease uh, ease Veggie back in. And then Ingram gets the tougher matchup against the Penguins. That made sense and, and at the time. But it yeah. – Based off what we know now, it kind of really frustrates me to see that that's kind of what ended up going down and how that went down. It's it's one of those things where, honestly, part of me, obviously, this is retrospect. This is not me saying, like, this is what Coach Bear should have done. Just I'm talking about, like, a retrospect speculation here. Mm-hmm. kind of feel like he should have just started veggie against Philly. So that way you can yes. have Ingram prepared for Boston because I understand wanting your best goalie for Boston. That makes sense. I don't yes. think he played poorly, but the team gave up too many goals in that game. So then when you come back against Buffalo, you got two back-to-backs coming up. You're going to have to split them up. But imagine if they play veggie against Philly, then you just do the 1A, 1B for another week, and then you can go back to finding a rhythm, or you just start veggie against Boston. Because honestly, you weren't going to win that game anyway. I know I'm being cynical, but like I'm just trying to be realistic here. They were never going to beat Boston. They haven't won a game in Boston since they were wearing these. I think it was 2009 was the last game they won in Boston. It's something ridiculous. You weren't going to win that game. I get you want your best foot forward. If you're going to throw veggie to the wolves, throw veggie to the wolves there. And then because the the penguins are also starting to, to skid a little bit, maybe just do Ingram then veggie. Why not? Just do just just do something on it, right? I mean, it only makes sense for that way. Um, but they're on a back to back. They got the Penguins later um, tonight, as when everyone's listening to this. We'll talk about that um, in uh, in a little bit. Uh, but you know, take a look to me though, Matthew. What they have coming up? I really think the Penguins is really the only true tough matchup. I mean, I should again. I'm not going to say the rest are not tough, but. You know, you got the Sabres again, who you'd hope they 
the Coyotes are able to bounce back, especially since that should be a home game. Mm-hmm. Um, you also had the Sharks. I should have forgot to mention that one. Um, and on the first bit of a back-to-back, the Senators, the Sharks again, um, before two straight games with with the uh, the Avalanche. So, like, that four-game stretch, the Sharks, the Sabres, the Sens, and the Sharks, they really need to figure out, okay, they, they the Coyotes need to figure out what they're going to do. Well, let's let's just put this slightly in perspective here. They've given up 14 goals in their last three games. That's not going to get it done. I know one was an empty net tonight, but that's not going to get it done. They have scored six goals. They're averaging two goals a game over this stretch, these last three games. Obviously, it's not just goaltending. It's not just that or anything like that. But it's they keep going through these, these slight like off and on, off and on. And I get it young, inconsistent. It's, it's the frustrating aspect. The highs are high. The lows are low. I get that. But as soon as you drop three in a row and you lose a game, you should have won against Buffalo. They should have won this game. I can no longer say, Oh, well that should be a a game you should win. Cause now you got to prove it again. Now you have to go right back to proving it that you should be winning these games. And you know, like I said, I'm trying to keep my expectations, you know, reasonable. I'm just a little frustrated because, like, now they're kind of in this bind where you're going to have to do 1A, 1B for this stretch of four games and then hopefully not throw the rhythm out too much. So it's like, I really wish they would have just thrown Veggie to the Wolves against Boston. Like, looking back on it, because obviously you got to ride the hot hand until it's no longer hot. And it wasn't like it was 12 games in a row. Like, six games is fine. Might be stretching it a little bit. It's six games. I can deal with that. I don't think that's too much. Absolutely. Well, we're, well, we're <laughs> going to continue this uh, th- uh, this discussion. Uh, what to look forward to? Like, you know, get some keys <clears throat> for the for the Arizona Coyotes in the next few games next week. I know normally we do a key to the game. Uh, there was a game tonight against Pittsburgh. Like I guess that's tonight when everyone's listening to this. But uh, instead of keys to that game specifically, we're going to look at keys to uh, kind of turn from turn around from this losing streak and kind of get back into the winning ways of things. Uh, we'll get to that, though, right after this. And today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Clayton Kellos can score 50 goals. The Arizona Coyotes can make the Stanley Cup playoffs. And you can win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win a hundred times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. And it goes beyond just hockey contests. You can go daily fantasy NFL, NBA, MLB, college football on Sleeper, as well as talking in a group and team chat functionality so you can connect with other fans or even alongside your friends. Entries can be made in under a minute, and all you gotta do is pick whether or not whether or not studs like I mentioned uh, Clayton Kell earlier, or uh, or really like to say anyone else around the league, like Nathan McKinnon or anyone else. This anyone else record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, or more in a given game. To win a hundred times bet, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. And you heard me, Coyotes fans, you can win a hundred times your money playing daily fantasy hockey or sleeper. So start paying attention, nail your picks so you can start winning big. 
Use the promo code locked on NHL and you get up to a hundred dollars match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's locked on NHL. CC where terms are used for details and locational availability. All right, Matthew. Let's let, let's let's get into those kind of like look at the kind of try to let, take a look ahead at like keys. Try to turn things around, get back in the winning ways of things. Uh, I mean, there were some things to, I guess you can kind of take as like momentum and anything like that from the previous couple games. Things that looked good, things that some highlights at least in the last couple games. Even though they were losing, uh, they they were on a losing streak, but. I mean, I want one person I want to bring up continue, and I want to see him continue to stay pretty, uh, uh, continue to look good. It's Michael Kesselring. Oh, one of the goal scorers tonight. We've exactly we to do the patented goal scoring summary. We did forget to do that. Yeah, I can take care of that in like 30 seconds. So, first period, Kyle Lock Poso is fifth at 225, one nothing. Buffalo go to the second period where Michael Kesselring ties it up at 301 from Logan Cooley and Milos Kellerman, his first point of the season. Uh, then Robinson answers back, making it 2-1 to one at 614. Peyton Krebs at 1052, makes it 3-1. to one. And then Paterka is 12th at 1506. We go into the third period. The Coyotes are down 4-1. to one. And Michael Carconi off of a phenomenal play by Matias Michelli. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, technically a shorthanded goal because the Coyotes are... Uh, or the uh, Buffalo penalty had expired. 1247, Carconi is 14th, Michelli and Moser. And then Darlene hits the empty net with a minute and five seconds to go. Five to two is your final. Yeah, I still don't like that final score. It's kind of st- it's just still stings against a team like Buffalo, like you mentioned. But as you met, but Michael Kesselring is still looking good. He's 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 he, like, like we t- talked about last week, he continues to be a pretty bright spot and in is uh, making a name for himself during his uh, his call-up stint. Yeah, honestly, it, it's it's interesting how consistently good he's been. Uh, once again, don't send him back down. Trade whomever else. Bench whomever else. Maybe a number 24. Bench anybody else but sending down Michael Kessler. Yeah, at this point, it I, I feel like it's hard to. It really, like, it really is hard to do at this point. Um, but that also brings me to, to another question regarding just the personnel, uh, outside of, of course, you know, you know, his performance has the injuries around the rest of the team caught up to them as a question to you. That was brought up on the broadcast in the third period. It, it's a valid question to ask. It really is. Um, however, we're asking it in my opinion, in a certain aspect of the game too late because Dermot. Falamaki, I think one of the defensemen, unless I'm just, my brain is mush all back. So the defense is kind of back to where it should be. I don't like how they're still running the 11, uh, 11, seven, because it's stupid. You're just going to, you have Logan Cooley out there centering Milos Kellerman and Liam O'Brien. I I think that's terrible for that kid's development. And I I don't like that at all. Just do the traditional 12, six. Anyway, forget me. I'm just getting, getting flustered on on that stupid decision that honestly making. to me to me yeah like you know defense yeah sure the personnel for defense should be fine mm-hmm. um it's the questions i'm on offense and you know the missing of uh of barrett hayton the entire example. center depth you mean your number the one the center entire center depth. center depth yes no i mean that also it also brings me to like uh 
who was freaking uh, on uh, Cooley's line? That I think a lot of people were questioning about that when I saw it all over X. Like, why is Cooley on this line? It makes no sense. Yeah, it was the O'Brien Kellerman line. He's out there centering the fourth line, and they were kind of rotating him around a little bit, which gives him extra shifts, which I kind of think is probably going to throw off his rhythm and also make him a little more exhausted throughout the game. I just didn't. I, I, I don't like this because all it does is overwork certain players and also confuse defensive pairings. Like I, I know you want to shelter certain guys. I know they won a few games with this 11-7 that did it last year. I genuinely believe the 11-7 has a very short shelf life, and it's like you'll get a couple wins, but if you keep abusing it, all the problems start to, to reveal themselves. Yeah, That's how I feel about it, though. No, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I feel like that's that's a really valid thought, um, but I guess we'll have to find out. Maybe, maybe that was a, an, an experiment, an experiment that definitely didn't seem to work, in my opinion. But who knows? I think I think there will be a lot of shifting around still because of all because of the lack of center depth right now, because of all those injuries. But if you, so, Nick Schmaltz has been back at center, obviously, because first line center Travis Boyd is injured. Uh, so it's Keller, Schmaltz, Zucker, which looks okay. Matthias Bukestad, Kraus, after, like I said, the first handful of games, just so I, I don't pretend I never criticize the first handful of games, they are phenomenal at this point, right back to where they mm-hmm. were. But then the, the last two lines are Carconi, Kerfoot, and that's it for the third line, technically. And the fourth line is Kellerman, Cooley, O'Brien. And I saw multiple times in the third period where Cooley was also centering Carconi and Kerfoot, and I don't mind him centering Carconi and Kerfoot or even getting an extra shift here or there on the wing with Kerfoot being the center there. The problem is, I on at least one occasion, I saw him out there for a back-to-back shift and I think that's kind of really stupid. Now, that could have just been a one-time thing, and it just stuck out to me. I acknowledge that. I think that's still kind of dumb. No, absolutely. Especially, like, those that actually know, you know, know the game of hockey, know that if you have to take a back-to-back shift, that that really is a lot on that endurance because, like, one shift alone is tiring. Yeah, like, people's like, oh, it's only a minute. You're going real sh- hard out there for a minute to 90 seconds like that is incredibly difficult um so yeah i i I, it's i I, i'm with you matthew let's get rid of the 11-7 please just call up dylan gunther do it legitimately like i I know tucson like needs the scoring right now but honestly the the coyotes are still in a playoff spot technically I, I actually let me let me fact check that while i'm talking out out my butt because they're on a three game losing streak uh but they're still technically within a playoff race still don't think they're going to be a playoff team at the end of the year still in the second wild card spot one point ahead of st louis two behind nashville just that there's your live update but it's like the only time i ever don't want them to call people up is whenever they're out of the playoffs and tucson is in a playoff push because then i'm like look let let Tucson make a playoff push. Call up a guy. You, if you're not, if they're not going to play, just call up a random guy and, and scratch him. Don't call up an actual good player. Right now, the Coyotes are still playing well. You got Donor, who has ten goals so far. He's leading the team in goals. You got Gunther, who's playing phenomenal, leading the team in points. You even got Nate Smith. If you don't want to feel like you're rushing Don and you don't want to get Gunther's hopes up falsely or whatever, you can call up Nate Smith just for a few games because we're still. 
I, I think at least a week out from anyone returning. I know Barrett Hayton, I think we're still at what four weeks away. Like it's only been a couple of weeks. We're still around a month away from him. Yeah. It's, we're, we're still a bit of bit, bit, bit of ways. So you kind of have to figure out exactly how you're going to do that. How exactly are you going to be able to get those, um, you know, get those opportunities for those players um, and fix that center depth and or just fix that. Or just, I guess just in general, fix, you know, fix these forward lines. I really feel like getting like to me at this point, I am with I am on that train of call up Dylan Gunther because of what he was drafted to be a mm-hmm. true goal scorer. Like Zucker, I don't hate him on that first line. I like him a lot with Cooley. I like him playing with with Kerfa. I like him playing with Karkani. It's a couple the, really the, good combinations. Those, those three together, yes. Zucker, Cooley, and Kerfa. That line. Or Great. even with Carcone. Like it's, yeah, it's all it's exactly. all good stuff. If mm-hmm. you call up Dylan Gunther, put him on the first line. Just I'm only asking for like a week. I'm not I'm I'm only asking for just until a center comes back. If Schmaltz is already or even, be at center. Or even then, call him up for a week and then send him down and then bring Donut for a little bit. And then like you could do that. You could do Smith. Do something. Like just do something. Yeah, because like Gunther he, could get great experience here. <laughs> That, that that that's one that's one of the keys here is you have to do something to spark the life back into this team after having lost three straight. Yeah, and I just now, I've been having lost three straight and dealing with all the injuries because again because look this this team had had all the injuries when they went on their five game winning streak mm-hmm. and they still found a way to win. Yeah, exactly. And they were just barely getting healthy defensively. Like it, it's. It, if the problem is offense in this little stretch, that kind of tells me, hey, maybe we should have offensive players playing because Schmaltz and Keller, as good as they are, cannot carry the entire offense every single night. Like, I genuinely feel like Keller is an elite talent, and I think that Nick Schmaltz is a legitimate first-line talent. I do not think they are good enough to carry the offense every single night. We don't have that guy on the team. We have a lot of really good guys I don't think we have that one guy. Not yet, at least. I yeah, mean, not Mers- yet. Yeah, like you know, we have some. We have a couple players on there on the team who has the potential to be that player mm-hmm. two, three years down the road, mm-hmm. but not there yet. What we're gonna do though is we're gonna continue talking about this. There's still a couple other things that I want to talk about of what the Coyotes need to do to kind of turn this around and kind of bring spark some life back in, in this team. Once again, after losing three straight, um, most recently with a 5-2 loss to the Buffalo Sabres. We'll get to that, though, right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because at eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit available only. 
for U.S. customers. All right, Matthew, let's continue this episode and kind of get get through this final segment, getting through a couple things the Kaiser's need to do to turn things around, as mm-hmm. well as pre as well as predict what's going to be the outcome of tonight's game against Pittsburgh. Um, and I to in terms of the turnaround bit here, Matthew, that one of the things I am going to turn to again, as I mentioned, there's a four game stretch of teams that you quote should win. That Sabres won again, as you talked about, is like, okay, that's a lot, that's now become a toss up because they had to prove themselves again. Mm-hmm. The, so, the best thing that they can do at this point in mm-hmm. this four game stretch, and uh, and those that, of course, have known me ever since I was a kid know that this is going to hurt me to say this, but the Arizona Coyotes need to curb stomp the Sharks both times. They also need to start with Pittsburgh because they just lost to Buffalo, yes. who's sub 500. The Coyotes are still technically above 500. You need to maintain that. And Pittsburgh's lost their last two. They're 3 4 and 3 in their last 10. Below mediocre. The Coyotes are 5 5 and 0. Oh. It's exactly mediocre. They've lost three in a row. The power play numbers, it's, it's night and day. Coyotes are ninth overall in the league. Pittsburgh is 30th. Coyote special teams has been getting better. It's 14th overall in the penalty kill, at least. And then penalty kill for Pittsburgh is 10th overall. Uh, goals four per game. The Coyotes are scoring 3.19. It's right around the middle of the league. Pittsburgh, 2.88. Coyotes are giving up 3.04 because they've been giving over the stretch. It's gone up. Uh, if Pittsburgh's been giving up 2.62, right there, you need to be able to convert on your power plays because they have a, a solid penalty kill. So you need to bring your A game. You also need to limit their opportunities and special teams. We talk about special teams every single time. But also, they're not scoring that often. Coyotes need to tighten up that defense and make sure they don't score very often. I know simple stuff. What is it? Get pucks deep, get pucks in the net and win hockey games. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I think, I think you made a good point of bringing that one up too. And I think if you look at it all in all, I do really feel like in these, in the next five games, because I I mentioned just four games after the Pittsburgh one and you, right. You had to talk about the Pittsburgh one as well. And the five games, these, these next five games, I think the Coyotes should get at least, what seven standings points? I hope. However, whenever you drop three in a row and your offense is anemic, relatively speaking, uh, whatever. Look, let's look. look flat out there. Look, because you're you're right, absolutely. Because the way I'm looking at it, though, is that yeah, sure the Penguins can still be somewhat of a toss up. Let's let's draw it up as like maybe they can get. Maybe they get at least the very least one point out of it. Get it to OT if they can, which is, again, Not they haven't got it. Beat they, Pittsburgh. Show they, what a team you can right. be. <laughs> Just kick them in the teeth. No, exactly. <laughs> and I as I mentioned with the Sharks, those should be uh, no question wins, no brainer wins. Both of them, because they play against twice in the next couple, in, in the next week and a half. But Robin, or next two weeks. Remember, the Sharks have been coming together a little more. Like it, they're in yeah, but they've been coming. They're not going to make the playoffs, but they're playing better right yeah, now. Yeah, they're the Coyotes they, can't take them lightly. They've they've been playing a lot better at the hands of William Eklund, who's kind of who's injured right now. I don't know how long he's going to be out. Maybe maybe they maybe he's not. Maybe he's back by the time the Coyotes play the Sharks. But the Coyotes, it's still there's still. To me, I, I just feel like the Coyotes are far and far far and away a better team than the Sharks. They should be at least. They should be. They should be. It starts with Pittsburgh. 
wake back up against Pittsburgh. Cause like when I was watching the third period and I know there's only uh, the, the one goal scored by Buffalo, the Coyotes defense is playing fine. Vimelka stopped all 10 shots he faced and, or a nine shots he faced, excuse me, in that period. He had just below a 900 save percentage. It wasn't a terrible game by him. It was just kind of okay, a little below mediocre type thing for him. Like, the defense wasn't terrible. The offense generated a couple of opportunities. It just took him too long to do so. So, like, go out there, motivated, curve stomp a team you should beat and prove that, yeah, no, we just we got cold for a couple of games. It happens. Shake it off. That's how you learn to win in this league. That's all right. how... My stupid criticisms turn into shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. All right. I want to get into a specific game production against the Penguins. Before I do that, though, I do want to ask you. Mm-hmm. And as I said, the next this next five game stretch is crucial. Give mm-hmm. me your game by game production for the next five games. Game by game. Let me pull up this Arizona Coyote schedule. I had it earlier. <laughs> we were talking. I mean, I, uh, I mean, I have it right now. I'll go. I'll go. I'll, I will have it on the sca- calendar right now. So, t- so tonight mm-hmm. versus the Penguins. Okay. Uh, they need to win this one. They just got kicked in the teeth a little bit tonight in in Buffalo. I say they pull off a four to two victory. Four to two victory. All right. Friday against the Sharks. That needs to be a blowout, so it's going to be a five to four. They're barely going to win. It's going to go to overtime. Saturday against the Sabers. That better be an eight to one whooping. They just got they just got kicked in the teeth in Buffalo. They better bounce back. So three to two, they win in overtime. Tuesday against the Senators. Next Tuesday against the Senators. They're going to lose that one like four to one. Jacob Chicken will score a couple of goals. And then next Thursday against the Sharks. Well, after getting beat four to one at home, you gotta go to San Jose and smack them around. Let's say they can get a five to one victory there. After you get smacked down a little bit. <laughs> All right. So how many wins is is that for the team that you you did you chalk up? So I said they beat Pittsburgh. Penguins. They overtime beat the Sharks. Overtime beat buffalo and they beat the sharks again so they can win four out of the next five so realistically they'll get two so what are you talking about a so in terms of like a standings point prediction on that that is uh two four eight eight stand yeah eight points wow (laughs) eight standing points there you go eight standing points to prediction uh I want to key in specifically on your prediction towards the Coyotes win over the Penguins because I just want to kind of tie in um, the odds from FanDuel to kind of mm-hmm. give us everyone in perspective where it's at. The Coyotes are still underdogs in this game by a point and a half at plus Good. 155. And it's at over-under is at uh, total, total points is six and a half. What did I say? Is it a 4-2 victory? Yes. So under. So under. Under. And you're pretty... And are you confident enough to go to go money line, or do you you're just gonna take the points on on the on the spread? I'll take the Coyotes win. I'll take under six and a half points, and I will take Michael Kessel ring anytime point score. Okay, okay. Um, let's see if there's anything else, any other uh, bet I can make on this one in terms of like a ooh first goal scorer. Eric Carlson off of a tip. First period, 
around the 10 minute mark. I'm just throwing stuff at the wall. If this actually happens, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the lottery. <laughs> it's not gonna be a power play though. It's just gonna be like a sustained pressure halfway in the period. Okay, that sounds like an interesting one. All right, what? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Any final thoughts before we close things off? Um, either Travis Boyd or Jackery McBain need to come back soon, and they they need to go back to a traditional lineup. That's it. Because Hayden's going to be gone for like another month. Like we know that. On that thought, though, that's going to be it for today's episode. The Locked On Coyotes podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, and subscribe if you have yet to already. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube, on Sirius XM, and ad-free on Amazon Music. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Locked On Coyotes. And on X at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leonio. Matt Jacobson is at the AZ Sports Guy. Interact with us, ask a question you might have. We might answer right back around a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on. Oh.